Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. This is Christmas Eve, the day that this is being released, and yet we don't really have a Christmas Eve type text today. Uh, it is day 358 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and we are in Judges chapter 19. So uh, Mike mentioned to you when he was in Judges 17 and 18 that that's kind of the first ending of the book of Judges, and this is kind of the second ending of the book of Judges, Judges 19, 20, and 21, which we're going to be in three days in a row here, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, day after Christmas. I I could not think of a less Christmassy text to be in for these three days. But again, what we're doing is following a three-year Bible reading plan that takes us through the whole of Scripture in three years, one chapter per day. So if you're looking for something a little bit more Christmas Eve, come to church tonight at 6.30. We'll have a Christmas Eve service. You want something a little more Christmas Day, we'll come to church tomorrow morning at 10.30 on Christmas Day. We are having worship. It is Sunday. It is the Lord's Day. It is Christmas Day, which is all the more reason uh, to be in worship. Um, it, it boggles my mind that churches are closing all across America because it's Christmas Day. Other parts of the world, other branches of the church in other less commercialized and less lukewarm parts of the church, they always have church on Christmas Day, even when it's not on a Sunday. Because it's Christmas Day, they go and worship the Savior. In fact, that used to be the tradition in Great Britain and in America to have Christmas Day church up until, um, you know, probably the 1950s, I think, is when that uh, waned off. But yeah, so anyway, tonight, 6.30, Christmas Eve service, tomorrow, 10.30, Christmas Day service, and uh, just commend those gatherings of worship for you and for your family and for any friends you want to invite. But let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on Judges 19. Father, thank you. Your word is truth. You are so good to us. Write your word upon our hearts. Help us to see the truth. Help us to see Jesus, even in the midst of the darkness of these chapters. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Judges chapter 19. In those days, when there was no king in Israel, a certain Levite was sojourning in the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, who took to himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. And his concubine was unfaithful to him, and she went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah, and was there some four months. Then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. He had with him his servant and a couple of donkeys, and she brought him into her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he came with joy to meet him. And his father-in-law, the girl's father, made him stay, and he remained with him three days. So they ate and drank and spent the night there. And on the fourth day, they arose early in the morning, and he prepared to go. But the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Strengthen your heart with a morsel of bread, and after that you may go. So the two of them sat and ate and drank together. And the girl's father said to the man, Be pleased to spend the night, and let your heart be merry. And when the man rose up to go, his father-in-law pressed him till he spent the night there again. And on the fifth day, he arose early in the morning to depart. And the girl's father said, Strengthen your heart and wait until the day declines. 
So they ate both of them. And when the man and his concubine and his servant rose to depart, his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Behold, now the day is waned toward evening. Please spend the night. Behold, the day draws to a close. Lodge here and let your heart be merry. And tomorrow you shall arise early in the morning for your journey and go home. But the man would not spend the night. He rose up and departed and arrived opposite Jebus, that is Jerusalem. He had with him a couple of saddled donkeys and his concubine was with him. When they were near Jebus, the day was nearly over and the servant said to his master, come now. Let us turn aside to this city of the Jebusites and spend the night in it. And his master said to him, We will not turn aside into the city of foreigners who do not belong to the people of Israel, but we will pass on to Gibeah. And he said to his young man, Come, and let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night at Gibeah or at Ramah. So they passed on and went their way. And the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, and they turned aside there to go in and spend the night at Gibeah. And he went in and sat down in the open square of the city, for no one took them into his house to spend the night. And behold, an old man was coming from his work in the field at evening. The man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he was sojourning in Gibeah. The men of the place were Benjaminites. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going? And where do you come from? And he said, We are passing from Bethlehem in Judah to the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, from which I come. I went to Bethlehem in Judah, and I am going to the house of the Lord. But no one has taken me into his house. We have straw and feed for our donkeys with bread and wine for me and your female servant and the young man with your servants. There is no lack of anything. And the old man said, Peace be to you. I will care for all your wants. Only do not spend the night in the square. So he brought him into his house and gave the donkeys feed. And they washed their feet and ate and drank. As they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, worthless fellows, surrounded the house, beating on the door, and they said to the old man, the master of the house, Bring out the man who came into your house, that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brothers, do not act so wickedly, since this man has come into my house. Do not do this vile thing. Behold, here are my virgin daughter and his concubine. Let me bring them out now. Violate them and do with them what seems good to you. But against this man do not do this outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and made her go out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And as the dawn began to break, they let her go. And as morning appeared, the woman came and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was until it was light. And her master rose up in the morning, and when he opened the doors of the house and went out to go on his way, behold, there was his concubine lying at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Go, cut, get up, let us be going. But there was no answer. Then he put her on the donkey, and the man rose up and went away to his home. And when he entered his house, he took a knife 
and taking hold of his concubine, he divided her limb by limb into twelve pieces and set her throughout all the territory of Israel. And all who saw it said, Such a thing has never happened or been seen from the day that the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, take counsel, and speak. That's Judges chapter 19, which is one of the hardest chapters in the Bible to read. Uh, I mean, we do have some connections to Christmas in that we're dealing with Bethlehem and Judah. This is the town where Jesus would be born some 1,200 years or so after this incident with the Levite and his concubine. We do have these these two endings of the book of Judges, uh, 17 and 18 and then 19 and 21. Both involve Levites, both involve uh, Levites who and, and a connection to Bethlehem in Judah and uh, the mistreatment of the Levites or the corruption of the Levites. And so uh, they're both, in, in many ways, Bible scholars would, would say that Judges is trying to show us, is showing us very clearly that there is a need for a king, right? So we have this opening line in those days when there was no king in Israel. So we're being shown that there is a need for a king. Now we know very famously from 1 Samuel that when Israel asked for a king and they wanted a king in King Saul, who was a Benjaminite, uh, their, their hearts were not right in their motives and the king that they chose was not God's choice for them really. Uh, it was to test them, and he was an unfaithful king, and he went away from the Lord. And then the Lord sought out a man after his own heart, a man who would not necessarily meet the outward appearance qualifications as King Saul did, who was head and shoulders taller, King David. And King David was from Bethlehem in Judah. So Judges is in many ways presented in its original context as the case for why we need a king, and why David, the, 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 the Bethlehemite from, from Judah, is, is the right man for the job. Because he's going to set things right from the sin of the Benjaminites from Saul, who was from the tribe of Benjamin. But ultimately, of course, the king we need is not David. The king we need is Jesus. And so as we see these connections to Christmas, right, Bethlehem and Judah, we even see eating and drinking and making merry and feasting, right? So we see these connections to Christmas, we ought to be reminded that the king we really need is the king who was born in Bethlehem in Judah as the descendant of David according to his human nature, but the son of God from his divine nature, and that is King Jesus, who is the king who brings justice and righteousness as the foundation of his throne. How different is this picture. There's no justice. There's no righteousness. We could start by even asking, what is a Levite doing taking a concubine? Right? Concubine, they're not married. It's his mistress, sort of a legally official mistress. What's he doing taking a concubine? And he's taking a concubine from the tribe of Judah, not a Levite. Levites were really supposed to sort of marry within the tribe of Levi, but and then she's left him, and she's gone back home. She's unfaithful to him. So he's taken a concubine who's unfaithful. Problems all over the place. And her father 
is showing hospitality, but really being manipulative. So he's showing hospitality to his son-in-law. Uh, he's welcoming him and he's feeding him. He's feasting with him. But really what he's trying to do is to get his son-in-law to stay there so that his daughter can stay there so he doesn't have to say goodbye to his daughter again. But eventually he says enough of this after several days of this feasting and he goes. And they're going to stay in Jerusalem because that was the closest city when it was getting to be time to look for a place to stay. But the servant says, no, you know, we can't, you know, sorry. Um, his servant says to him, let's turn aside into Jerusalem. And, and the Levite says to him, we can't turn aside into the city of foreigners. They don't even belong to the people of Israel. Let's go on to Gibeah. We'll go to Gibeah or we'll go to Ramah. The idea being that you don't want to go to a place of foreigners because they're going to be immoral. They're not of the people of God. They won't welcome you in. They won't show you hospitality. But he gets to Gibeah and what happens? Nobody welcomes him in. Nobody shows him hospitality. Until this old man who's coming in from his work in the field at evening. So the only person doing productive work that we're shown... The only person showing hospitality is an old man, which shows that the younger generation, the succeeding generation, has gone astray into this gross immorality that we find them in. And the bottom line is that Gibeah of Benjamin in Israel has become Sodom. That's the parallel. You're supposed to say, wait a minute, I recognize this. This looks like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's exactly what it is. So... Just as Lot welcomed the angels, so this old man welcomes the Levite and his servant and his concubine. And just as Lot was offering up his daughters to the crowd, right, as a substitute for the men that they wanted to get to know, so this man, the old man who welcomed in the Levite, says, well, I'll give you my daughter and his concubine. Again, two women to sort of substitute for the man that they want to get to know. It's just gross immorality. And then the heartlessness of this Levite. Angels don't come to the rescue. Angels don't blind anyone. But the heartlessness of this Levite who says to his concubine, you go out there, and he pushes her out the door and locks the door and basically forces her to be violated all night long by this gang of men. And she dies. There's no pretty way to put this. It's awful. It's horrible. It's evil. It's vile. It's disgusting. There's no words for it. So he takes his concubine, puts her over his donkey, goes home, cuts her up into 12 pieces, and sends her body out throughout the territory of Israel, which we'll get into tomorrow. Is really a call to arms to say, this is such gross injustice happening here among the Lord's people that it must be dealt with. Things are bad. Why are things bad? There's no king in Israel. There's no loyalty to one who would be loyal to God. The idea is the people follow the king, the king follows the Lord, and so the king leads his people in following the Lord. What about the church today? We have gross immorality. We have unfaithfulness within the church of Jesus Christ, within those who name the name of Christ today. Idolatry, 
worldliness, immorality, sometimes even openly celebrated. How did we get to this point? Well, I think it's disloyalty to King Jesus. We have a king, and he leads us by his word to follow after the Lord. But we do what's right in our own eyes. We have we have intentionally substituted. We've intentionally said, well, the Bible's not really the word of God. It's got all sorts of flaws and contradictions in it. We can't really trust it. So what we can we trust? Well, trust in your own heart. Follow your heart. Be true to yourself. Live your authentic life. So we've gotten to this situation just like judges where there's no functioning king over the people of God because people will not submit to King Jesus and lead after him, follow after his lead in the word. What we talked about yesterday in 2 Timothy 3, uh, people just, sometimes it's people on the right who are, who are responding to the world with heartlessness and with abusive language, with slander, slinging mud like the, like the worst of them, vile, profane, vulgar things I've seen from right-wing conservative Christians who believe the Bible, but who insult, name-call, slander. And then on the left, you got people who say, oh, well, the Bible's not really the word of God. We can't really trust it. All these old-fashioned ideas about human sexuality, we can't really trust them. We're going to go and we're going to have, you know, fully embrace the world division for gross immorality. Both sides can be recklessly unfaithful to the king. King Jesus, who says, this is my standard of righteousness and this is my standard of love and mercy. This is how you are to behave and this is how you are to treat your neighbor. He says to those on the right, love your neighbor as yourself, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, bless those who curse you. He says to those on the left, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. He calls us both back to faithfulness to the king and his kingdom and his calling. And we need to repent. We need to repent. Someone gave me a video about revival and don't we want to see revival in the church today? I know many of you would say, oh, I long to see revival in the church and in America today. But I think preceding revival needs to be repentance and reformation. And a, a stunningly uh, shocking chapter like Judges chapter 19, I think, is a call from the Lord to his church, even on this Christmas Eve 2022, to say, repent and reform and follow your king. Father, thank you for sending your son, our king, into the world. He came into the world to show love and to speak truth, to fulfill righteousness and to spread grace. Help us to follow in the footsteps of King Jesus every day of our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Judges 19. Tomorrow, Judges 20. Hope you can join me for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.